Let's begin, shall we? Shall we? are talking, dancers enter one by one. Make love to all of your orifices in your seduction, your seduction. With your host, Paul Schilling, and special guest, Charlie Voodoo, on November 15th, 2018. The Flat Earth International Conference gathered at the Crown Plaza Airport Convention Center in Denver, Colorado. As always, Ear Seduction was on site to converse with the locals, to gather information, and to capture as much of the crazy as possible. So now, we bring to you Flat Earth. All right, so we were recording. Uh, Uh, I don't know if I got you. Let me see. Can you hear me? Yep. Yeah. All right. All right. So, my portion is uh, I decided to do some Sphere Earth proofs, and specifically Sphere Earth proofs that you can do yourself. This isn't stuff that you have to rely on NASA. You don't have to be shot up into space. You don't have to... um, You you do have to do a little bit of math. Sorry. Um, But I'm going to go through... I think I have six. I might have less than that. But we have six ways for you, yourself, to show yourself that the Earth is a sphere. Uh, The first I call two sunsets. So the things you need, and there are two variations of this test. So the things you need are two people, a tall building or a not so tall building. doesn't really have to be that tall, but a tall building is much more pronounced. And then a clear view of the western horizon. So to conduct this test, uh, one person stands on the ground, or I'm sorry, person one stands on the ground. Uh, Person two stands on the top of a tall building or very near the top. You could do this at a hotel. You could do this pretty much anywhere in a major city. Um, It's a little bit harder to do in Denver because we have the mountains obstructing the view, but you still could do it. Um, Person one records the time the sun went out of view on their cell phone, and person two records the time the sun went out of view on their cell phone, and then you compare the two times. Uh, Conclusions are that person on the ground will record an earlier time than the person on top of the building. You'll be able to watch the sunset twice, essentially. This demonstrates that the earth is a sphere and not flat. If the earth were flat, then the sun would be out of sight. Um, I'm sorry. Then the sun would never be out of sight as we would always be able to see it from a flat surface if it were orbiting or circle, circling overhead as the flat earthers claim. Mm-hmm. Um, now, they, they say that we aren't able to see it because light doesn't travel long distances and that it goes out of sight because it, it, it's just too far away for us to see, mm-hmm. which makes no sense at all considering we can see starlight and those are billions of years away light years away um because the sun yeah, sets but they don't even believe that dude well no like, they don't no, they're but just, they're i mean light like, does oh, travel a really long way yeah, i know <laughs> is it does the truth. Yeah. yes but that's why you can you can uh you would be able to see the sun uh, if the Earth were flat, no matter where it was. 
Um, because the sun sets earlier from one person's perspective and later from the second person's perspective, we demonstrate the Earth's curve. Person one is not tall enough to see over the curve of the Earth, therefore the sun sets and is out of sight. Person two is tall enough to see uh, the sun after it has set for person one because they can see farther because they're up higher. Um, if you think of like a tennis ball um, and you watch, well, we'll talk about that later. Now, there's a variation to this. Um, you can do it without two people. You can just lie down on the ground <laughs> with an unobstructed view of the sunset, watch the sun completely set, and then stand up. You can watch it set again. You're not going to be able to watch the entire sunset, but you'll be able to see the very top of the sun, and you'll be able to watch it go over the horizon twice. It won't be quite as impactful because you won't be able, from a tall building, you might be able to see a, a larger portion of the sunset. So, notes to flat earth claims. Flat earthers claims claim that the sun does not set. Rather, it just gets too far away for you to see. The lie-down test proves that this isn't true. You don't need any magnification to see the sun. They also claim that if you if you uh, witness a ship going over the curve of the earth, if you get a magnifying, uh, not a magnifying glass, but like a telescope or binoculars, that you'd be able to pull that uh, ship right back into view. Well, it turns out that it doesn't matter how much you magnify the uh, image at some point the boat will go over the edge um, around the curve over the curve yeah sorry yeah. Over, yeah over the horizon is what I was trying to say but around yep. the curve and it won't matter because the boat will be on the other side of the planet and you won't be able to see it no matter how magnified your view is yeah. um, so you will be able to rewatch the sunset after standing up from a lying down position that's a really easy trick anybody can do you need no technology you just need to get to a place where you can watch the sunset mm-hmm uh, any thoughts on that, Charlie? <laughs> We're sciencing it up a little bit. These are tests uh, that you can do. You yourself. could also do that by uh, lining yourself up and a friend up with the uh, um, sun setting and just put them like a mile back. Yeah. Or, or I don't know. I don't even know how far you'd have to be back. Maybe you could actually just be lying on the ground watching and then have your friend standing and you could say, can you see it? And they'll be like, yeah, right. can you? And you'd say no, because you're right. lying down. Yeah. Right. So you could do it just like that. Or, you know. Put your friend to, you know, lay down anywhere and then put your friend a mile west of you or a mile east of you. Right. The sunsets are going to be at different times. Right. Because of the curvature of the earth. Correct. Yeah. But if you're conspiratorial minded and you don't believe things people tell you, even your best friend who's standing right next to you who says he can see the sun and you can't because you're lying down, you can just stand up yeah. and see it for yeah. yourself. Right. There you have it. Now, if the earth was flat, you wouldn't need to stand up. You could just see it. And if the earth was... Or if the sun was just circling a disc like they yeah like they propose um you would see the sun get smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller until it was like until it vanished right well it would never vanish well it would never vanish especially if it was they say it does though they say it does assuming that that's true that they're like there'd be like a vanishing point for the sun yeah and i don't understand why they don't get that i don't know why they don't get it because the the sunrise is always this it's always the same size you know yeah i mean well, it does change size it does change sizes but that's because, because of, of the, the atmosphere atmosphere it magnifies the the intensity right yeah sometimes it's smaller sometimes it's bigger mm-hmm. when it's coming up yep. and it, yeah basically just go ahead and stare at the sun yeah for as long as you can if you're a flat earth please open. stare at the sun yeah <laughs> okay so we have another test it's called the two sticks test so the things you need for this are two meter sticks and you need two people and you need to be those two people need to be in two different cities along the same meridian line at least 200 miles 
away. Now, you don't need to have two people. You could do it two different days, but they would have to be, uh, in order for it to work, well, let's just stick with this, but in order for it to work, you would you would have to do it back-to-back days. So you'd have to be in one city one day, and then you'd have to travel 200 miles due south or due north to an, another city. Uh, so two meter sticks, two people, two different cities along the same meridian, at least 200 miles away. So if you were to do it in Colorado, you would do, one person would be in Pueblo, roughly, and the other person would be in Fort Collins. Uh, conducting the test. At noon, each person located in a different city, at least 200 miles apart on the same meridian, places a meter stick on the ground and then measures the shadow that the meter stick casts. Uh, the conclusion, the shadow, be, the shadow will be different lengths in the two different cities. This is due to the curvature of the earth. This, text, this test works even better if you do the test at the Tropic of Cancer or Capricorn. This is because on the summer solstice, the sun will be directly overhead at noon and thus it will not cast a shadow at all. While 200 miles due north or due south, depending on what side of the equator you're on, um, due north of that location, there will definitely be a shadow cast and it will be a significant shadow. It's even more pronounced the further you go. So let's say you're a thousand miles away from the Tropic of Cancer or Capricorn. You're going to see an even longer shadow. Um, if the Earth were flat, there would be no difference in the length of the shadow cast at noon, no matter where you were on the surface. Um, that's a pretty fun test, although that does take a little bit of technology for these science phobes. You'd have to drive. Yeah. Bummer. Yeah. Okay, so test number three. Being able to see an object that is out of view from just a little higher up. So this is sort of like the other test that we did with the sunset, but it's a little bit different. So things needed. Two people, a truck, a tree, eyes and a mouth, <laughs> an unobstructed view of a tree. So con- to conduct the test, drive away from the tree until you cannot see it over the horizon. Now you would need an unobstructed view of this tree, so you'd just drive away from it until you can no longer see it. Then you get out of the truck. You notice you have one person stand on the ground and one person stand on top of the truck. You would notice that the person on the ground cannot see the tree and the person on top of the truck could see the tree. They might not be able to see the entire tree, but they would be able to see part of that tree, whereas the person on the ground would not be able to see the tree at all. Yeah. Um, Wait, wait, why is that? I don't know. (laughs) Is it because (laughs) of the curvature of the earth? Well, the conclusion (laughs) is that the tree is brought back into into view when you stand on top of the truck because the higher up you are, the further you can see. If the earth was flat, you wouldn't need to be on top of anything. Everybody would be able to see the exact same distance. So you mentioned this earlier in the podcast. Mm-hmm. We'd be able to see the the city of New York from Denver. The people in New York would be able to see... I don't see... know if we could see around Chicago, though. Well, yeah. we're yeah. not on the same latitude, but... Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. We'd be able to see shit. Yeah. We'd, be We'd be able, able to, to see, see other cities. Way the hell out there. Yeah, Dude. way the hell out there. Dude, growing up in Minnesota, we would have a great view of the Rocky Mountains. We'd have a great view of the Rocky Mountains. We'd be like, able to see them from Instead Minnesota. of having to move to Denver to get all these great fucking views of the mountains. We, we could have just, just stayed in Minnesota. Yeah. And if you had problems seeing it due to pollution or whatever, you could get binoculars or you could you, know, yeah. you could do something else and you'd be able to see it. So, another test, and this is one that I did myself, uh, viewing the solar eclipse. Things needed. Special viewing glasses. Don't stare at the sun. I know we just told you to stare at the sun. 
Yeah, uh, don't we really do Don't that. really do that. That's dumb. Even if you're a flat earther, we still love you. Yeah, yeah. We still don't want you to be blind. Yeah. Um, look, you need to be at a location along the viewing path where the sun is completely blocked from view. And, and you send somebody over to a location not along the viewing path. So conducting the test, watching the eclipse, notice that the moon blocks the sun completely if you're in the if you're in the viewing path. Notice with that when the moon blocks the sun from view, there is no light coming from the moon. Conclusions. Well, this test doesn't exactly address the claim that the earth is flat, but of another interesting claim that people make, and that is that the moon emits its own light and doesn't reflect sunlight. If the moon emitted its own light, you would see it during an eclipse, and you do not. And I can verify that, personally. So, I guess in a... In a sense, this this debunks flat Earth in this sense that supposedly the moon and the sun are under some kind of glass dome or some kind of, some kind of dome that houses the firmament and the stars and all this other shit. Or maybe the firmament's above the glass dome. I don't remember exactly how it's all set up. But if that's true, then you couldn't block out sunlight with the moon. And there's no reason for an eclipse, a, a, a solar eclipse anyway. Um, I have no idea how flat Earthers account for solar eclipses. But the moon does pass in front of the sun. There is no light coming from the moon because the moon does not emit its own light. Mm -hmm. And all the light that would be reflected off of the moon onto the planet Earth, which is a sphere, uh, is is behind the moon and is being blocked from your view. Yeah. So, so was when you were up there seeing that eclipse, was it like a darkness, sort of like a moonless night? Uh, no, it wasn't that dark. It wasn't that dark. No, but it was like it was like a dark twilight. It was like the it was like before quite just a little bit before the maybe maybe a little bit brighter than right before the sun rises okay when you're yeah. getting a twilight yeah but it's very noticeable and the temperature change is really noticeable like it got cold that's it, crazy it went from being a hot summer day to being cold i was actually chilled i got a coat on yeah so yeah it was it, it was really great it was one of the best trips i've ever been on especially because you get to view you know just one of our one of the great i think it's probably one of the coolest things that happens on this planet yeah or happens to this planet but is not on this planet like it yeah. happens to us from shit that's way out in space and that's really cool yep so sphere versus flat triangles this is for the math geeks out there so items needed a plane unfortunately for this one you need a plane uh, but you can conceptualize it in your mind it's not that hard so conducting the experiment you fly from the north pole which exists on the flat earth model um, they do say that there is a north pole or that there's a center of the pizza as they call it you fly from the north pole to the equator which is 6200 miles. You take a 90 degree right turn, then you fly for another 6,200 miles, and then you take another 90 degree right turn. Big question here is, will you end up at the North Pole again, or will you end up 6,200 miles away from where you started? So, in the conclusions here I have, on a flat Earth, you would have traveled three sides of a square. You would have gone, if you're thinking of a square, you would have gone down 6,200 miles, you would have taken a right turn, and you would have gone over 6,200 miles, and you would have taken another right turn, and you would have gone up 6,200 miles. And that's three sides of a square if the Earth is flat. Now, since the Earth is a sphere, you have traveled three sides of a triangle and you would end up exactly where you started at the North Pole. Now, you could actually do this. People does have it, actually does done this. Does this work in regards to the Coriolis effect? Or would you have to take the Coriolis into account? I didn't look at that. Okay. 
Now, airplanes are in the atmosphere. Yeah. And so they, but they leave the earth and they take Coriolis, Coriolis into effect. Well, sure, but I don't think that... I, I don't know. I don't know how that works into yeah. the equation. But if you... The, the key, I guess, in this sense would be you'd have to be flying due south. Yeah, okay. So gotcha. you just chart a course due south. It would take a... Yeah, you'd, you might have to adjust your course to continue to be due south. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not a pilot, so I don't know exactly how that works. But you fly due south, take a right turn, 90 degree. Yeah. You fly whatever that would be, due uh, east, west, sorry, if you start at the North Pole. Yeah. Um, and then you take another right turn and you fly due north. And you will not have made three sides of a square. <laughs> yeah. You will end up exactly where you left off because the Earth is a sphere. And triangles on spheres have different inside angles than triangles on flat surfaces. Okay. So the sixth and final proof... This is really easy and it's really dumb. There are different stars visible when stargazing in the northern hemisphere than in the southern hemisphere, and especially at the poles. So yeah. if you go to the North Pole, you will see a completely different set of stars uh, circling, seeming to circle, yeah. moving through the night sky in a different direction. Different direction is the key. Then, yeah, then the South Pole, yeah. which you'll see a completely different set of stars because you are facing the opposite direction. You are not looking into the same part of space. So you'll see a completely different set of stars. For instance, the Southern Cross. The Southern Cross is very visible in the Southern Hemisphere. Probably the most famous. Probably yeah. the most famous. You can't see it in the Northern Hemisphere. I've you, never seen it yet. And no. I, I really want to see it. I want to see point. it too. I guess on a really clear day, if you're if you're pretty far south, you can see it barely come up over the horizon line. Okay. But you most of the, mostly you have to be in the Southern Hemisphere yep. in order to see the Southern Cross. Um, but obviously, since it's a sphere, the closer you get to the Southern Cross, the more Southern, or I'm sorry, the closer you get to the Southern Hemisphere, the more Southern Hemispheric uh, constellations yeah. you'll be able to see. Yeah. So, as you travel from the Northern Hemisphere to the Southern Hemisphere, you'll notice completely different stars and their constellations. Um, I do have a paragraph online, but I think I, I dumped it because it was just too long. But yeah, so they, they, they spin in opposite directions, or they appear to spin in opposite directions, just for those of you that don't know the stars don't spin yeah we spin the earth spins the earth spins yeah and the stars are moving due to our perspective yeah yeah the, the stars are moving um but another another interesting fact is that uh why a lot of people don't understand why don't we why do we always see the same constellations why are all the stars the same for the most part i mean yeah. they move around in the sky and and stuff like that due to us spinning and then we see different constellations because of the wobble of the earth we see different ones at different times a year mm -hmm. um, and some of them are harder to see because they're closer to the horizon um, and that's because most of the stars that we see in the sky not all of them but most of them are in our galaxy um, and we are all gravitationally bound to the center of our galaxy which is a super gigantic black hole or super massive black hole super massive me. black hole super massive yeah. black hole not gigantic um, and so we're all moving orbiting the super massive black hole in the center of our galaxy basically not stationary but basically at the same rate you know it's like a big disc and we're all orbiting this supermassive black hole yep. and so that's why we always see the same stars because they're in our galaxy they're all gravitationally bound to the same thing just like just like
like our planets and, are gravitationally bound to the to the sun. And it is so vast. We can't even conceptualize how vast it is. Yeah, our galaxy. Like, uh, it's just so fucking huge, man. Yeah. Like now there are some the distances are just mind-boggling. Yeah. It's and it's not even the our galaxy is tiny in comparison to the to the universe. Yeah. The no the known universe um or the visible universe. Um there are some celestial bodies that you can see with a naked eye or with very little magnification. One of them being Andromeda, which is obviously another galaxy uh, that isn't in our galaxy, right? It's a separate galaxy. But it's traveling towards us because we are bound in our local group gravitationally to the same gravitational center of our local group as Andromeda is. So, yeah. Isn't that cool? That's fucking crazy. Yeah. One day it's going to be one big, you know, yeah. milky Dromeda. Milk Dromeda. Milk Dromeda. Yeah. And, and, and Ray. The Andromeda and way. The milky Ramada. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that, dude, when I think we're going to be gone way you know, gone yeah. yeah long long gone probably humanity gone actually the planet is gone too yeah probably. um but but uh how cool would it have been to be witness to that yeah i think of that i think of i think of how much like wonder and awe i have over just thinking about how andromeda is going to coalesce with uh the milky way mm-hmm. and how cool it would be to actually be alive on the planet during that uh, occurrence yep and think of how flat earthers don't even have that in their well in their i, I think part of it they just don't want to deal with the fact that they are going to be gone they want to they want to think that they're going to live forever and they'll be able to see everything and it's just uh, it sucks but you know you got to deal with that sorry yeah Yeah, that's that's a reality yeah but they don't even have like the idea in their head because it's not real. None of that stuff is. Oh yeah, just, yeah, yeah. Those oh, are just tr- yeah, yeah. Lights totally. in the sky, right? This, yeah, yeah. this stupid, dumbed down. They have no concept concept of these galaxies or anything because they just don't. They don't think about it. They don't. They don't read about it. I mean, if yeah. you read about this and you read about what scientists think are going to happen, and and I mean, science. If it does one thing really well, it predicts the future. Yeah. Really, really, really well. Um, we're pretty sure we know what's going to happen. Yeah. And we have computer simulated models that show us how they're going to coalesce and by pretty sure you mean like probably very Pro- probable. very probably yes, 99.9999 fucking yeah well here's a claim here's a claim science makes it says that when andromeda and the milky way coalesce when they when they join to become one uh elliptical galaxy that none of the stars in either galaxies are going to collide because there's, there's so, so much space yeah. yeah there's so much space between each star in each galaxy now there's a probability that there that some stars will collide and yeah. then there's a probability that no stars will collide. Yeah. And the probability that no stars will collide based on the math is higher than the probability that some stars will collide. Way higher. Way higher. Way yeah. higher. So yeah. we can say that they will not collide in the same way that we could say that you're more likely to roll a seven with two die than you are a two. Yeah. Right? Like that's what we're talking about when we're talking about probability. Yep. And and this is something flat earthers just don't even, they got nothing. <sighs> All right. So wrapping it up, where the hell is all this coming from, Charlie? You were just talking about it. They don't want to die. They don't well, want to believe anything new. I don't know, man. I, I the wisdom of our elders. I don't know. I really wish I understood it better. Yeah. Um, but I'm not a psychologist. No, um, and and I don't I'm I think I'm I think you misunderstand my question a little bit. No, but, I know. But that's fine. I no, I 
maybe I do. No, what, no, what was I, your question. Yeah. So where is all this coming from, right? Why do these flat earthers? Why is there a resurgence in flat earth thought? Why are there? Why is fucking Rob Skiba a millionaire? <laughs> like, yeah. how does a charlatan like that dupe so many people? Well, I have a clip for that. Um, so I'm going to play this clip real quick. Uh, and here is, uh, it doesn't, I don't know if this clip specifically talks about, uh, flat earth, but it talks about where they get their information from. Conspiratorial thinking, probably. Partially that, but then it also, there's another clip off that tells you exactly where it comes from. So let's listen in. You can't read Genesis and believe it and believe in evolution. Like, you just can't. And the age of the Earth, okay? The science says that it's billions of years old. Well, um, that's because they have to fit it into their evolutionary model. Like, they have to have room for all these processes to take place. And I believe it's, it's a deliberate attempt to discredit page one of the Bible, okay? All right. Yeah. Uh, so not only flat Earth, but no evolution. There's a huge conspiracy mm-hmm. by all these scientists to mm-hmm. discredit page one of the Bible. Page one of the Bible. Um, man, in order for what that guy said to be true, it's it's conspiracy, right? Yeah. This is all conspiracy theory thinking. Yeah. But it's foundationally biblical. Yes. Literalism. Yeah. So these are um, fundamentalist Christians fundamentally misunderstanding everything, including their own Bible, and they are. So so they have so much bias and so much confirmation bias and so much just uncertainty and so much fear. I see a lot of this as fear, fear of death, fear of life, right? Fear of everything that they, they're just clinging to this ancient book as if it were, <laughs> pardon the use of the word, but as if it were gospel, right? Yeah. Um, let's, let's listen to this last clip and then Charlie and I'll bring it home. When I came into Flat Earth, it was it was immediate because I'd been studying Genesis and I heard someone talk about it and they gave some scriptures and I was like, whoa, the Bible does kind of hint that this place is flat and not moving. And and then I went through the whole Bible and realized that, yeah, cover to cover, the Bible is a flat earth book. When you read it literally, the Bible is a flat earth book. No. So the Bible is a flat earth book. Yeah. When he's right. Yeah, it is. It is a flat earth book. When you read it literally, it is a flat earth book. It's a flat earth book. Um, thank goodness we're fucking just moving past all this as a, as a, you know, for the most part, as our understanding of actual reality comes more into focus. Yeah. Um, we're, we're relying more on, um, actual data, actual reality than and just like stories and myths from books and you know yeah and i i'm glad that that's how it's going you Me know too. and um i realize there's people out there that just are not happy about that yeah but i think it's better to base decisions on you know actual shit yeah than you know somebody saying this is how it is from a book and here's why or and it's that way because i said so and you know yeah because god said so there's a fucking god sitting there watching you all the time you know oh, god i can't think of anything worse yeah. can you imagine can you no, imagine dude. like an actual big brother like the 1984 there's somebody yeah. always watching always listening no privacy i i just can't imagine why anybody would want that to be true it's right. so un- unnerving and i would i would just be revolting against it at all costs yeah. but and it's not like i 
just don't believe it, right? I don't believe it because there's never been any evidence that that, that it's true. Right. You know what I mean? Like right. it's it's because I'm a skeptic that I don't believe it. Right. I have asked the questions like, man, is there somebody sitting there watching me? You know what I mean? Like yeah. answering prayers and doing all that kind of shit. And to me, the evidence is overwhelming. No, you know, like yeah. Well, the lack of evidence. Yeah, is the an lack overwhelming of overwhelming. No, and then the evidence we do have in so many ways contradicts at least with the claims of the bible i mean yeah the bible says this and this that's and this, the only right? point of reference in religion that i have because i was raised christian yeah um i've never studied any other religion really yeah. at all i kind of have a general idea of other religions but i wouldn't be able to you know yeah i've never sat in it in a fucking mosque or or a jewish uh, temple i've never done any of that kind of stuff i've never you know tried to figure out what the hell buddhism is all about but <laughs> yeah you know um god it would suck it would just suck dude it, yeah. would, it would and it did suck for me like when i was a kid like I thinking yeah. thinking thinking that this stuff was true that just wasn't making sense to me you know what i mean i was just like wow um um, you know, like I have to be baptized and circumcised and circum. Well, I mean, I was circumcised by my mom who wasn't particularly religious just because of, um, you know, our social, yeah. the social stigma, you know, but all these, all these things that yeah. you have to do to get into heaven. I mean, according to the Bible, you have to be circumcised if you're not, yeah. you, that's a bad, right. it's not good. Right. <laughs> according to the Bible. Apparently it's not a meritocracy up there. No, I guess not. I guess yeah. not. Well, and so you were saying like we're you're glad that we're moving on from this i think it's it's interesting that so many of us have moved on in our minds yes right but vast majority still are there in their minds yeah but in their daily lives there is no bible there is no religion yeah. they don't do anything religiously nobody is sprinkling blood of animals on their table on their door on their walls to veer off evil spirits nobody's cleansing the room of the impure. well nobody in christianity yeah, yeah or, or judaism yeah but nobody's doing these things i mean you're right i say nobody i mean most people like the yeah. vast majority of people believe in god and believe in some kind of religion or they have some kind of religiosity but in the same light the vast majority of people don't practice that way even right. even like your fundamentalist super whatever is maybe isis or whatever they might use sage to clean the air when an unclean woman has been near or whatever and and you still see some of that shit in catholic churches and stuff like before the priest walks up they'll like have these two guys with these things that put smoke into the air to clean the air for him or whatever mm -hmm. but it's not like you don't see it in everyday practice like nobody does that at the dinner table right yeah. nobody's nobody's burning goats in the backyard as an offering nobody's doing that kind of shit and that's because in practice we've moved on it's it, and our technology is such that we are so intertwined and interdependent on this stuff and it's all based on science none of our technology is based on the Bible. None of it. Yeah. None of our common law, none of the way of, that our society is set up is based on anything in any of those books. None of our rights, none of our property law, none of it. None of our society. And so we don't live a Bible life. None of us do. At Dude, least not I'll in the tell United you States. what. Um, 
there's you know there's a bar for like if you cross this threshold you could totally convince me that there's a god right yeah 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 um the miracles that you hear about that uh jesus supposedly performed mm-hmm. it's like dude he should be you know people should be able to grow their fucking arms back yeah yeah very underwhelming aren't yeah they? yeah like, like stuff like that you yeah. know what i mean like and i'll tell you what there's never gonna be well i don't know maybe maybe um due to evolution maybe somebody will have a gene in them that allows them to grow their arm back yeah yeah like you know what i mean lizard like, gene from way and back that in the will day. propagate through yeah. and if we're around as a species long enough we'll evolve to be able to grow our, our limbs back right maybe probably not but maybe, maybe but probably not that might be possible so um i can tell you right now science will give you a new arm yeah, yeah. if you get your fucking arm cut, cut off yep pray all you want dude mm-hmm. go to a fucking si- a doctor yeah f- and get your get a mechanical arm yeah you know what i mean like yeah and they're talking about gene splicing that would uh, th- some amphibians grow their arms back and yeah. legs and tails and stuff like that and and they're talking about gene splicing where you can they might be able to splice genes into us that help us grow back yeah limbs that's that what i'm would saying be that's what awesome. i'm saying that is where's that coming from that's not coming from god dude no it's coming from people actually figuring out how the world really works mm-hmm. you know what i mean how yeah. things really fucking work and this guy this guy that we just did a clip from he was talking about how he's read the bible and the and one of the one of the things that he said in this interview that i didn't pull a clip from but he said uh you know the more i read the bible the more i saw how it was true and the more it enlightened me and all that stuff it's it sounds almost impossible like what kind of mind reads the bible and i've read the bible not i've started cover reading. to cover yeah i've started reading the bible dude i can't get past yeah it's ridiculous. oh my god it's just it's miserable reading. it's miserable yeah like and it's so obviously fucking full of shit yeah from page one it's but, yeah. like wow every page is yeah, just yeah. filled with bullshit yeah but when i was a kid i read the bible i mean i'm pretty sure mostly cover to cover you know but going yeah. back as an adult it's just like jesus what the fuck you just realize you know, how different these- you were as a kid than you are now how you just accepted what people said like mm-hmm. like job and and those stories you know they would say well you know you'd say why did job have such a hard time with god he was a good guy you know and and they, yeah. whoa it shows that being pious blah blah they just feed you a bunch of bullshit well that yeah. was a, showing you how you're supposed to go through life's turmoil and still believe and then you'll come out okay it's like no no Dude, that's the not one what that the story I, says though. when i was a kid the one i always got hung up on was uh abraham and he was gonna kill his fucking kid yeah and i was just like what yeah and i was a kid i didn't have any kids at that point i was a kid myself and really when when i had a kid i was just like there's no fucking way dude yeah i don't think there's a a human being that's not a psychopath on this planet that would ever consider harming their kid right you know what i mean like no fucking way no let alone killing him like i I quoted christopher hitchens earlier i I referred to him christopher hitchens has a great quote he was at a, a conference and he was giving a lecture and and he was saying you know if if god came to me and told me to kill my child i'd say no go fuck yourself yeah fuck you i will never do anything like that and that's the only thing a real human would do i mean in order to believe these books you have to completely divorce yourself from your own humanity and that is to me you have to suspend the plausibility of the natural fucking world you know what i mean like 
Well, and you have to surrender your humanity. You have yeah. to say you'll do whatever God tells you to do. And in the book, God tells you to do all kinds of terrible shit yeah. all the time. That's yeah. all God does is tell you to do terrible, terrible shit. Oh, yeah. If, you're, if your kid talks back to you, you take him to the edge of the town and you stone him. Yeah. That's, and then uh, what does God do to his kid? That's not cool. What does God do to his only kid? Kills him. Kills him. Yeah. Has him killed. Yeah. And if you don't think, oh, you know, we have free will. Yeah, I think again. No, no, no. It, it, he kills him to serve as a loophole. Yeah. For rules that he created in the first place yeah and it's like what and his rules how, suck anyway how is this how do people look at this and they're like oh that is how i'm gonna live my life you yeah. know no i don't get it like and, i think it's because of the community like mm-hmm. the community aspect like let's go to church on sunday and meet up a bob you know right and, and see how see how Deb's he's doing. doing yeah yeah and uncle earl now you know what i think it is too i think the main the main cause of this because there was there was a first person or first people group of people that started believing in god right they started maybe trying to test some hypotheses and they fell into some kind of bias and uh and so there were people that initiated it but once it got initiated to me the the real harm is all the indoctrination we wouldn't have think it think if everybody on the planet just stopped propagating this to their children yeah just for one generation which i have done actually so Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. yeah like what what would happen religion would disappear entirely i think it, yeah. it is it is the indoctrination of children that is causing all of this damage. And I always just say when my daughter asks me a question about God or whatever, I say, "What do you think?" You yeah. know, like yeah. to me, that's the only question or only thing as a parent you can say. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going to tell her there's no God. I'm not going to tell her one way or the other. I want her to think about it. Yeah. You know, I um I think that's really the best way to do it. Yeah, and see, I wouldn't. I don't know. I think we disagree a little bit on that. I would certainly say, "What do you think?" Yeah. But if they started saying something like, Oh, yeah. Well, uh, we didn't come from monkeys. I would say, well, oh, yeah, actually, yeah. if I, you look at the, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, if, they, oh, if sure. they made a claim that was false, I'd say, well, actually, if you look at the record, if you look at the historical record, uh, we did. We came from monkeys called Old World Monkeys, and they evolved into, pri- or sorry, into uh, the great apes, and, and you know, we have a common ancestor with all of these, these life forms. Uh, yeah, I mean, to me, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't just say, you know, drop the mic, there is no God. Yeah. I would say, you know, no, I haven't ever seen any proof that there's God. Yeah. I haven't seen any evidence to show me that there's a God. And until there is that evidence, then I'm just going to say, I don't I don't believe it. Yeah. So when somebody says to me, God exists, mm-hmm. I say, well, why do you think that? What evidence do you have? And then if, if a child said, you know, huh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. They always just say, they always just say because, or they say because the Bible this or the Bible that. And it's like, well, is the Bible sufficient evidence? Is that is a book sufficient evidence? Yeah. And if they say, well, I don't know, you say, well, what about Harry Potter or something they've read, you know, and say, does that mean that warlocks and wizards and dragons exist? And they might say, mm, I don't think so. And then you might say, yeah, I, I, I agree. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, I don't think so either. Well, yeah, I got to preface it by saying she's only nine. So, oh, yeah, no, yeah. I, I, I'm not really disagreeing with you as much as, as I'm uh, just not indoctrinating her into anything. I just right. want her to be able to think for herself, for herself yeah. about everything. She and I totally agree know. with that. You know, I had a funny uh, conversation with my doctor and he said, 
do you think I'm indoctrinating my children into science? <laughs> yeah. And I said, I said, no. And I said, I said that for this reason, because I don't think that you're indoctrinating somebody if you're not misleading them. Right. It's one thing to say, uh, the earth is a sphere because I said so. That's a non sequitur. That's, that's, that shows a bias, right? It's illogical. It's unreasonable and it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Who are you and why does it matter what you say? Right. It's not, it's not true by. And that goes for everybody on the planet, whether it, you're the Pope or the fucking, you or know, Neil deGrasse. Tyson. Neil deGrasse yeah. Tyson or me or you or, mm-hmm. you know, a bum. Or Joe yeah. Rogan. Or whoever <laughs> it doesn't it matter. Listening Anybody. To. Yeah. So it's like... doesn't matter what kind of authority you get, you know, you claim or, you know. Yeah. It all comes down to why you believe what you believe and why you say what you say. So if... I don't think people are indoctrinating their children into science if they're saying, here's what... Here's... Yes, the earth is a sphere and here's how I know the earth is a sphere. Right. If you're able to back it up with evidence, then it's not indoctrinating if you can show it yeah yeah but if you can't then you're indoctrinating and that's where everybody seems to be going wrong right mm-hmm. they're making claims we we're talking about our friend makes a lot of claims and has no evidence to back any of it up and then wonders why we don't believe him yeah well well right. well he points to other people that say stuff you know or the where, where he gets it from you lately know? it's been a lot of bible stuff too oh yeah and free will yeah. and yeah all this other stuff that's just that uh, sure to me that's really just have. another argument from authority or whatever and, yeah that's just you know, that's just like, that's just delaying the problem to another authority that I have to go question well, why do you think that right it's like it, it just it just makes it a multi-layered problem instead of a simpler one yeah yeah and then it gets back to well don't you think people back then would have known more than us no no, no. definitely not yeah. yeah my grandparents don't know as much as I do and your daughter knows more than I do yeah by a lot yeah yeah I mean she might not have it all in her head right now but she definitely knows more than I do she's getting there yeah yeah seeing as that she's only nine but anyway (laughs) i guess that's it should we wrap it up yeah man two hours and a half but so uh, the other the only other thing i wanted to say is that i i find this stuff fascinating mostly psychologically and there's actually there's a youtube video out there of this psychologist that has been studying conspiracy theories for like 10 years oh good and i would i i've been looking for that for Mm -hmm. a long time and she it's like i think it's not even an hour long Mm -hmm. and she just lays out fact after fact after fact you know mm-hmm. um do you remember what the name of the channel was uh what's se- the name it's of called it? secrets and lies the psychology of conspiracy theories with karen douglas what's the name of the channel uh science and cocktails nice my kind of lady and man it's just an awesome video man and it's all fact it's all just like here's what we found yeah yeah just reporting the data yeah i like that kind of stuff all right well there you have it thank you so much you've been listening to ear seduction Oh yeah. Ear seduction. And I'll tell you something. If I was told to sacrifice them to prove my devotion to God, if I was told to do what all monotheists are told to do and admire the man who said, yes, I'll gut my kid to show my love of God, I'd say, no, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs>